Welcome to the alternative. The alternative. questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hudler. Welcome to The Alternative for Thursday, July the 12th. Um, it's going to be an interesting and, uh, well, kind of a discombobulated show today. We have uh, we have some great guests on. Um, and uh, Dave, how are you doing way over there? you got technical problems all day today, eh? <laughs> I sure have. It has been just a nightmare. Um, but there we go right now, uh, recording on air from, uh, from home, because the internet at the office is currently unavailable. Uh, so I'm a happy camper. You can imagine that's great for a for an SEO firm. <laughs> you guys, you guys moved into a new office. You've been there for like three or four days, and you're offline suddenly. And we're offline, yeah. And uh, our backup connection isn't coming in for another three days, so couldn't have been worse timed. Uh, well, but gee, uh, couldn't your landlord like call the plumbers or something? Isn't that how they deal? <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Like this is the 21st century, I. Eh? I know, I know, and it's frustrating when you know that all of this is just controlled with a with a few keystrokes, but yet you're trying to talk to a major company, and yeah, there we are. So, you know, at, at the same time, we deal with people all around the world. If this is the worst of the gripes I have, we're still doing a lot better than uh, than a lot of people, but certainly been a hectic day. That's true. Although you don't, you wish you would see a lot of, of the larger companies make changes sometimes when you get dissatisfied, and... You know, that's a great segue into changes that Google seems to be making for a lot of dissatisfied um, SEOs and, and search marketers. Um, what do you think about uh, rumors that are going throughout the industry that, that Google is dropping the supplemental index? I personally have found it in, in a weird kind of roundabout way um, to be more of a bother than a good. <laughs> um, but this is from, from the perspective of somebody who's having to answer questions constantly from clients with sort of half the information on what supplemental results even are and then calling in with, with all, of these, all of these sort of weird questions um, on them. So in some ways, I'm happy because <laughs> it, yeah, it would put, in, uh, put an end to that. Um, yeah, but will it really? I mean, seriously, if I, I, the way I'm looking at it is a rose by any other name is still smells as sweet, but if you grab it the wrong way, it's going to prick you. Um, Google, needs a, Google needs something like the Supplemental Index to, to put sites that don't match relevancy criteria, that don't seem, that don't seem quite as important to it. Um, so they won't be calling it the Supplemental or even displaying it as Supplemental, but why would they really change their method of ranking sites so dramatically just because a few of us are bitching about it? You know what, right now, I don't think we're seeing a whole lot, like we're, we're seeing, and, and as you know, um, a whole lot of changes going on at Google in the way that their algorithm is being calculated. Um, a lot of these things are working out for the better. A lot of the things are working out for the worse. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, certain cases where ranking factors are just making absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, so I think if, if I had to make a, had to hazard a guess, I think we're looking at a, at a period where Google's testing a lot of different things. I mean, there's some serious problems inherent in their algorithm from their perspective, not from an SEO's standpoint, but from their perspective in regards to how easily it can be gamed, um, 
you know, the, the relevancy of results, all of these sorts of things. And they're constantly trying to evolve. I think we're seeing them testing. I think the situation that we're viewing right now, however, is they seem to have really accelerated the speed with which they're testing different things. They've normally tested one thing at a time. Uh, and sort of moved on, not going back so far as to the days of the Google dance, but in recent history anyway, certainly over the last few months, um, in this last uh, sort of week, week and a half, they've really just ransacked everything and changed a bunch of different factors. Supplemental is is one of them. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to see any of these things stick, but I think they are really working to perfect um, if I had to hazard a guess again, uh, of course, you know, I don't have Mac cuts calling me up telling me exactly what's going on over at Google. Um, but I would really have to say that, that what they're doing has a lot to do with some of the personalization issues, um, some of the hurdles and some of the things that they're going to need to do to expand the personalized results um, to make them a little more relevant, make it something more than, gee, I happen to have looked at this site in the past um, and, you know, in order to do that, in order to add in more algorithmic factors, they're going to have to adjust the weight of other ones. And I think what we're looking at right now is just a testing of what happens when they tinker with the other ones in order to weight things a little differently. Well, in an article that you wrote, you, you, did, you did more than uh, hazard a guess the other day. In an article that you wrote <laughs> on uh, July 10th, Google Algorithm Updates Analysis, I know you wrote it because I published it the next day. Um, <laughs> you... Uh, you highlighted three main areas, the domain age, backlinks, and page rank as, um, well, you, you were messing around with websites and I guess with some of your, your experiment sites, and you said tweet, uh, these are some of the major factors being looked at right now. What do you mean by that? These were some of the main factors where we saw dramatic shifts, um, where all of a sudden the, the results that we were seeing had changed very dramatically um, in the case of some clients. Um, Really, this first got brought to my attention that there were such dramatic shifts in a very positive way but where I had to basically tell our clients, okay, don't count on this. And it was a couple clients calling us up out of the blue going, I don't know how you did this. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden they're up in, in the top three results. Okay, that's, that's great. But I knew that at this stage, you know, this sort of two months into an eight-month promotion, they're not supposed to be there yet. <laughs> um, and, you know, while I, I'm obviously happy to receive those sorts of phone calls, um, it can be a little bit of a, a problem when all of a sudden things are, <laughs> um, you know, doing a, a little better than they should. So we had to take a really good look at what are the sites that are coming in around, uh, around them, what are some commonalities of new sites that we're seeing. I mean, even looking at our site and what are the sites that are changing around it. Um, you know, for phrases like SEO services, it's always been sort of this same five, six sites sitting in the top ten with a few ins and outs around it. Um, suddenly there were some new ones in there. Okay, what are some commonalities among those, among some of our clients, among some of our test sites? Um, and really, yeah, this is it's what it broke down to that, that we could see was um, the domain age uh, was given a disproportionate, I'm all for Google using domain age as a factor, but it was given a disproportionate weight. Um, backlinks saw some adjustments, page rank um, saw some adjustments in regards to the value of page rank of a site didn't seem to hold quite so much weight where there were PR threes and fours. There's always been threes and fours up against 
uh, in the same set of search results as, say, fives and sixes, but um, a disproportion, not a disproportionate number, but a much larger number than we had seen previous to that. So um, they're obviously doing some some real tinkering in there, um, in in the way some some things are are, are being calculated. And um, you know, I mean, Google, in the end, what it's uh, a lot of what it all boils down to here is Google is doing what is in their best interest, and if they have to run a series of tests and sort of skew things for SEOs. Um, that's the least of their concerns. We're not really their best friends. Um, you know, they don't have a problem well, with the ethicals, I mean, but they're not catering to us, I should say. They're catering to the searcher. Um, and that's where they're, basically where their fortunes are tied to is the searcher and, of course, to their, uh, to their AdSense network. Um, so running some tests like this to sort of skew things off for a little bit makes perfect sense if overall... Um, basically, they can they can keep their visitors and generate more ad revenue. Well, I'm going to agree with you to a point there. Um, the other day, I wrote an article that I uh, I put up in the uh, SitePro News blog. Are Google's fortunes tied to search results? And um, that came from a from a really cryptic instant message that um, it was Richard Zwicky from uh, from Inquisit sent me. Just out of the blue, Richard sends me this message, um, and it reads. So, Jim, do you think Google needs search anymore? And so I write back this, like, well, duh, answer. Like, of course Google needs search. And he didn't respond. He didn't respond. He didn't respond. And um, he just left that question sort of hanging in the air. Does Google need search anymore? And so I was thinking about it and thinking about it, watching what Google, watching some of the purchases Google is making and the positioning Google seems to be doing right now. And, um... I've come to the opinion that maybe they do, maybe they don't. Organic search is the great lost leader for Google. They're not making a whole lot of money off of it, but they are making a great deal of credibility from it. Um, people think search, they tend to think Google. The words are synonymous with each other. But Google's an ad network. Google doesn't make any money from organic search. It, may, it gets eyeballs from organic search. And in this industry, of course, eyeballs are worth money. But... Um, it's not really seeing dollar one from organic search. It is seeing uh, billions, hundreds of billions of dollars from the, or I'm sorry, tens of billions of dollars from the placement of paid advertising. And you know, we see Google moving into video. We see them moving into into the world of uh, 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 the telephones. We see them moving into the world of server-side software and 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 office suite software. And all of this stuff is being supported by paid advertising. Um. The question's still up in the air, and I'm really curious what other people what other people think. Does Google really need search? You know, I mean, you, you hit on some very good points there, and that isn't their primary advertising source. Um, going back, you know, in the in the history of my life, and and in the way that I I sort of started search engine optimization, which was basically marketing affiliate programs. Um, one thing I have known as a constant with every every program, and now I market sites for people that happen to have affiliate programs, their main reason for wanting to rank, or uh, a lot of times for investing into pay-per-click, is to beat out their competitors, or not their competitors, their affiliates. They need to rank higher. Well, Google's in a, in a similar spot, I think, um, because if you take a look at um, people who click on the paid advertising on Google.com or you know, Google.ca or whatever, they're not having to pay uh, for somebody for that click, whereas through their ad network, if, you know, my eldest has Google AdSense on, uh, on his Pokemon site, every time somebody clicks on it, you know, my, my kid gets some money. So, 
um, by bringing the eyeballs directly to Google, by branding themselves, by keeping themselves with an excellent search engine, they are making sure that the people that do click there are paying them and they're not having to share any of it, which, you know, knowing from my affiliate marketing days is a big key uh, driver for the people that are running these programs, which in essence, AdSense is like an affiliate program of sorts. Well, being known as the sexiest search engine or the best search engine in the world is certainly far sexier than being known as the biggest advertising network in the world, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. And I mean, the, the one thing they will always have, even if they only became an ad network, is some phenomenal parties, which you and I will be attending in August, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know what one thing Google is going to be is big. And speaking yeah. of big, our next segment is about the biggest country in the world, China. We're talking with James Spencer from uh, ChinaSearchAds.com about doing business with China. It's a long interview. It was actually it was pre-taped. So Dave and I are going to be hanging around on the phone and hanging out in the chat room in case anyone has any questions about the interview. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com and Dave Davies from Beamstock-Inc.com. We're here on WebmasterRadio.fm on the alternative sponsored by ISEDN.org, and we'll be back in a few minutes after this break. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's ClickSOR.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com. I'm here with Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc. We're here on the here on the alternative, sponsored by the ISEDN.org. And uh, you know, we're really lucky today. We're we're joined by James Spencer from China Search. ChinaSearchAds.wordpress.com. Uh, James has uh, done a lot of business with and facilitated a lot of business um, with China, and he's on the show today to talk about well, doing business with China, what the Chinese market's like, what we here in the in the West can learn about the Chinese market. And um, James, welcome to the alternative. Thank you very much. Um, we also have a website on ChinaSearchAds.com as well. So. Um, the, the, we're going to be moving the, the blog onto the ChinaSearchAds.com site at some time soon once we figure out how to move the old content across as well. So thank well, you very much for your welcome. Well, uh, James, maybe you could uh, start off by giving the listeners sort of an overview of your involvement in China and the Chinese search market and um, what it looks like today. Well, I mean, my involvement has, has is is from the um, 
uh, the, the viewpoint of an enthusiastic amateur, if you like. I've been involved in local search here over, over here in England for a bit of time, but um, what, what happened was I got a translator who was looking for work in um, translating Chinese into English over here and started talking to this person about what search engine um, optimization, search engine advertising in particular would do. And it came quite clear that it was actually going to be a big growth area which isn't actually being served that well. There are some people um, who are doing this, but it is mostly... Uh, it's a, mostly a very underserved market. What we had, the problem with China is um, that it actually is dominated, and I do mean dominated by one particular player called Baidu, um, as B A I D U, which is quoted in the New York Stock Exchange, and is a very. Uh, it has about 62.1 percent of the Chinese search market, and it's very hard to deal with. Um, effectively, you have. It doesn't have any English um, interface for advertising, for example. So it's quite hard for non-Chinese um, people to break into that. And you also have the fact that um, the Chinese market has no... Um, it doesn't really have much tolerance for English um, in the same way as, say, the, the German search market will tolerate some English-speaking, some English pages or have a couple of German pages leading into English pages. There's not that tolerance within the Chinese market. So you've got to... So although there's, there's definitely a market there, it has to be treated with tender loving care. So if you're working in the Chinese market, you're working in Chinese. There's no two ways around that. Is that correct? I'm sorry, what was that? If you're working in the Chinese search market, chances are you're working in Chinese. Yes, you have to work in Chinese. Um, you do have the opportunity to work in, um, in English to some extent if you're dealing with the overseas Chinese market. Um, as, uh, for example, in um, the USA, there are two million people who, of Chinese origin who regard themselves as not speaking English very well. And you do have the opportunity to be a bit bilingual there. But um, if you're in China, you're basically going to have to deal in Chinese, yes. If, um, if you're a Western company and you're, you're, you're looking to market to the, to the Chinese market, um, what products or services would they, would they be purchasing off of us? It, it often seems that the stream always comes the other direction, where the, the, the Chinese Internet world is actually marketing to us in the West. What could we offer them? We can offer them a lot of things. Um, we can offer them professional services, for example. Um, probably, um, one thing that is big at the moment is the amount of financial services that the Chinese are looking for. For example, even Baidu um, themselves actually are listed on are listed in New York, and so they, they obviously use a lot of financial services from uh, from America. There's investments as well. If um, the Chinese have had a phenomenally high savings rate, it's around about 40% at the moment. 40% of their income is saved. That compares between two and four percent in many parts of the West. No um, doubt. Wow. The 40% is a lot of money. Now, a lot of those, a lot of that money is actually being used by the state to fund U.S. Treasury bonds, but that's loosening up. And they, they are, like everyone who saves money, they're looking for a return on it. And 
So if you can provide good investment advice and good investment management, um, although it's hard to get into the Chinese market for m- many reasons, there are, they do have um, exchange controls, but they, there still is there still are ways of getting into that market. You have if you're selling commodities of any kind, China is sucking up commodities like nobody's business. Um, you've got, I mean, you've, if you are involved in investment forums, for example, you see things about, about, for example, copper or scrap metal. Well, just about any raw material um, is being used by China at the moment. Um, the, I mean, there's there's one other thing about China that, that we have to remember. Getting into the Chinese market doesn't have to be going straight into the People's Republic of China, which is what most people think. And it's quite a daunting prospect, but you can actually go in by intermediate steps. For example, you can sell into Hong Kong or Taiwan, or you can also sell into the overseas Chinese market as well. As I said before, there's about 2 million in the U.S., 2 million Chinese speakers in the U.S., who do not regard themselves as speaking English very well. So, to some, so you you do have these sort of baby steps that you can take before going straight into the Chinese market, which is very good news because a lot of small businesses are overwhelmed by the idea of going straight into China. Let's take a quick snapshot of what the Chinese market looks like. Um, what are they buying, either from Chinese or from from? Um not from not Chinese companies, from from foreign companies, um, and uh, who well who makes up this market? Who are Chinese internet users? The Chinese internet users um, only about at the moment ten point four percent of Chinese people are online. That's prob- that's probably outdated because that was at the end of two thousand and six, and when you've got twenty percent growth, that that um, those figures become outdated very fast, but the latest figure we've got at the moment is 10.4%. Um, that doesn't sound a lot, but that actually makes up 137 million people, and that's the second largest internet group on the planet. This is not, although by Chinese standards, this is actually a very rich group, this isn't actually as rich as, as for example, your average American internet user. However, what you see in China is you see um, as I said, it, it tends to be of richer than average Chinese. It also tends to be overwhelmingly urban and overwhelmingly dominated on the east coast of China. Now, this, these things are going to change over time. Um, the Internet is going to go out into rural areas. It's going to take time, and I would expect that um, we're actually going to see things um, slow down over time. But... Um, with the internet expansion. I mean, China is expanding at the moment at 20% a year, which is, is bound to slow down sometime soon. But that still means millions of new users every year. But what, we, what you see is you see a, very, a fairly young audience, um, a fairly affluent audience, in fact, very much weighted towards the more affluent side of, of China, the Chinese society, because internet usage is so expensive in comparative terms in China, and a very urban and um, eastern, um, that means coastal population, so one that's actually quite open to, um, to Western products. And you have quite a strong professional um, makeup in there, so you do have a lot of buyers 
a lot of people buying for companies um, who will be using the internet and um, and a lot of these companies are looking for either buying products in to to um, make raw materials in or actually exporting out and looking for services um, in regarding to in regards to exports now something that that um, is, is obviously a bit of a question. Now, this is true in China, like for a, for a uh, westernized uh, country or company that's just thinking of expanding into China, or, I mean, the same would be said for, for Germany or, or anywhere else. Um, but what, uh, specifically on China, what are the other considerations that are going to need to be made uh, outside of any legal realms? But we're dealing with a demographic that is going to be different um, than ourselves in regards to who has access, as you were touching on, uh, to the Internet, uh, at least in the broadband perspective especially, um, and, and also just in regards to some of the main uh, major cultural differences um, and getting in, in some cases, to um, some of the legal considerations that are going to have to be made, the language barriers that, that are being faced. What are some tips or what are some processes and what's going to be needed by companies um, as they try and expand uh, into the Chinese market? Oh, it's, I, um, there are a number of um, legal issues you need to look at, and if you're going to be setting up any sort of permanent presence, you do need to get some good legal advice. Um, and it's probably best to get legal advice from within your own country. Um, for a smaller operation, um, if you're not setting up a permanent presence, um, you, um, you can actually go at a... I mean, you can, you can go through a specialist um, intermediary such as Alibaba, uh, such as ones you'll find on Alibaba. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd stress a lot that you don't need, sorry, you, you shouldn't get overwhelmed by the idea of, of the massive dif- There are big differences between um, Western countries and the People's Republic, People's Republic of China. Some of them are overdone, but, but they, some of them are definitely there. If you are thinking about getting into China, and you don't need to get in there tomorrow, I would actually go through the interme- I would actually go through the intermediate steps, um, such as going into um, the ethnic Chinese um, populations within within the Western countries, and then going to sort of the places like Taiwan and Hong Kong. Um, on purely technical matters, there are some things that you can do. Firstly, you can get an internet Chinese domain, uh, uh, an internet domain in China um, with a .cn suffix that helps a lot I mean even Google um, did that but their first steps when they were trying to get into China was to do that the second is to get hosting within China um, it's China operates at what's called um, often called a great firewall of China which is a an internet um, censorship basically it's not as strict as many people make out but it's still it does slow down traffic because essentially all traffic that comes in, um, they they tend it is vetted almost, and that means that um, that the they, I mean it's partly done to discourage foreign traffic, so that it makes it quite inconvenient to use within China. But what um, if you're going to be 
if you're going to be selling to, in China, um, even if you're shipping from abroad, it is quite possible to actually go and get a local hosting um, domain. They, local hosting domains are much preferred by the Chinese authorities because they won't censor, um, because basically they, they've got more control over them, to be frank. Um, so, but if you're not selling anything politically sensitive, then, um, and you're not selling anything adult either, I mean, um, the adult content market is very, um, I wouldn't get involved in that in China because you are, because there is a whole load of trouble there. Um, if you're not selling anything um, adult or political, um, I'd get in, um, I'd get an, um, I'd get a Chinese hosting package um, which will actually speed things up. That is probably the biggest um, lesson is to get a Chinese hosting package and also to get a .cn account. N not just translate, I mean, one of the things I've heard quite a lot of people talk about is um, just using one of those machine translation tools to translate English to Chinese. Now, that doesn't work when you're doing it into French or German. Um, it certainly doesn't work if you're doing it in Chinese. But um, get, but if you want to sell into China, get it hosted in China and get a, a .cn suffix. And that'll make your websites resolve faster to Chinese audiences. Oh, it will make it a lot faster. In fact, um, in fact, um, Chinese broadband is supposed to be actually very fast. Um, and the other thing about China, um, Chinese, uh, the Chinese market is actually broadband is is fairly common. Um, for a developing country, it's actually it, it is actually um, very common, um, partly because dial-up is so expensive over there. I understand. So, but, and so, so if you're in China, things will come up a lot quicker, and also they'll be trusted more as well. Makes sense, as as can be said, really, with uh, with expansion into or, or marketing into into any different country. Um, now, you had mentioned earlier uh, Baidu, as I, I hope I'm pronouncing that at least partly correct. Yes, Baidu, um, Baidu is as, yes, it's, as it's, as a, it's a class on its own, actually. Baidu, I. Um, it's. I mean, someone once compared it to me to, as um, you have black hat search engine optimizing. Well, um, someone said Baidu is a black hat search engine, which I, I don't. I wouldn't go along with, but it uses what we could call as um, rather unique ways of of doing things. Um, by uh, it's Baidu, for example, has. Um, I mean, it, it, at times it can have eight or nine pages before you get to organic results. Eight or nine pages paid results before you get to organic results. Um, they've cut that down quite a lot, but um, they, it's a it's quite famous for that. Um, it's the other thing is that um, it's it, it's shame. Um, I mean, it, it's also quite good at getting. Um, one one other thing about Baidu is it's very strong on the music market as well. Um, it's, so it's one, one of the reasons why I don't believe Google will ever overtake Baidu is because Baidu has links to to free music which Google wouldn't dare have. Um, so if Baidu Baidu is the most popular search engine to the chi for is, the Chinese yes. market, correct? Now you said just a few moments ago that. Uh, you might go through one to up to up to nine pages of advertisements before yeah. you nine see organic ads. Does that change the way that, that Chinese search users relate to search results? 
Yes, I mean, I mean, Chinese. Uh, there's one one interesting um, study that's been conducted recently has been what they call the Chinese eye tracking um, survey, which I think it was Gord Hotchkiss ran in, yeah, in, yeah, in for sure. Canadian University, and it shows that um, it takes a lot longer for um, for Chinese web searchers to actually look over a web page, for example. Um, whether that's because of lack of trust or it's because of the um, picture, uh, because of, of the way in which Chinese writing is done, which is more pic in um, sort of pic picture form rather than in uh, the Roman alphabet. It's not really clear, but um, it's probably got a bit to do with um, a some low trust in in the results. Yes. What's Google's role in the search market in China? Well, Google, I think, Google has actually got a very promising role, but Google never recognizes it. Google, um, what Google's trying to do is they're trying to be the biggest search engine. Now, I think, firstly, I think they're doomed for, for a variety of reasons. But secondly, they, what, what, but also I think it's irrelevant because Google has... Um, Google has less than 20% of the search market, but it has a far better return on investment than Baidu. Baidu's, if you're selling in China, you've got to be on Baidu, but Google has um, two or three times better return on investment, mainly because um, they tend to be a lot better at click forward, at combating click forward than Baidu are. So, um, so Google are actually, um, I would say, uh, they, they also have a more, uh, they also have an older and more affluent audience as well. So Google, Google, I mean, many people use Microsoft, um, are starting to rave about Microsoft Ad Center over here and, uh, and in America as well um, because the conversion rates are so much better in many markets. Well, that's how I would look at Google. They're not, they're not the biggest. They're not going to be the biggest, but they are a very, uh, they are very good at converting through. I think over time Baidu's going to get better because Baidu's got to combat click fraud um, and it's already starting to and also it's got to bring in some trust. Um, again, it, it, have actually, it has actually made some st steps on that. I mean, I don't think you do see eight or nine pages of paid results anymore but, um, but, they, but Google, Google just gets, it gets a better return on investment and it reaches a a more affluent audience. So would you say as, as we approach, I mean, uh, most marketers are sort of taking a longer term um, view towards things. Um, so what would you say for people who are, are now considering um, expanding, at least on the marketing side, into China a little bit, you know, their economy is doing well for all these various reasons. Um, over the next, sort of a, a picture over the next couple years, what can we expect to see uh, coming out of China, um, what can we expect to see as far as um, trying to market our products and, and the acceptance of our product into China, and how is the exchange rate going to work? Are you, are you talking about generally, or are you talking about, uh, say, a company saying, how would I market into China? I'm referring to, yeah, more a company rather than SEO specifically, but a, but a client specifically okay. who has a product. Okay. I, I, would, I think that, chi I mean, China's economic expansion has been breathtaking. Um, I don't know whether it's going to continue at this sort of 10% a year pace. Um, 
Mm. So it's eight, eight, eight to ten percent a year pace, actually. Um, I don't know whether it's going to continue at that, and if it doesn't continue at that, there may even be some social dis- disruption. Mm. I, still, I do believe that over the long term, um, over the next ten years, I think, um, and more, I think China has still got an awful lot of room to grow. Um, for a start, it, I'm sorry, uh, for, for a start, the, um, China has got a large rural population, which it's holding back from getting into the towns. And secondly, a lot of the, the outsourcing that goes into China is actually going from automated Western um, factories into completely manual Chinese factories. And I think that those things, those, so, so those show that the cheap labor that is in China is going to, as it gets more skilled um, and more efficiently used, the, the Chinese growth is still going to be, keep going. There's still an awful lot of growth left in China. On the exchange rate, um, I think, personally, I believe the, the Chinese exchange rate is unsustainable where it is, which is going to be good news for people who are trying to sell investments to, into China. Um, you Basically, you will have a situation where um, suddenly foreign investments are going to be quite high yielding so that that should be a very um, that, that should be a very big uh, big growth area um, for a company if I was if someone said to me I, I want to, to, to sell into China I would I would say I wouldn't go stri- straight in unless you really know the market and you probably wouldn't be talking to me anyway um, I would actually go and try and sell as I think I've said this before, try and sell to um, if you if you've got the patient, sell to the ethnic, um, to the Chinese market within your own area and within um, say Australia and America and UK, and then sell into um, Hong Kong and Taiwan, and, and and then after you've got over those two sort of mini culture shops, if you like, then sell into People's Republic of China. Um, this. There's still there's plenty of time, to be honest. You don't have to. Be, you, you're not going to. You're not going to miss out on all the Chinese growth if you if you plan it over two years, rather than um, jumping over next week. Now you'd mentioned earlier that uh, to search on Baidu, um, you're going to. This is in Chinese. Is that the same on uh, Google China, which I know from here we can search just fine, but from there. Um, you know, it, are we able to search? Are we able to market in English, um, or is just because of the demographic and everything over there? And, and I, I would, I would not touch. Ing- I mean, there's quite. I mean, you can submit. And then one thing I'm going to have to do is put on on my blog a, a um, something a, the submission button for for Baidu China. That's actually very simple. Um, you can submit into, but you do not get get many searches unless you've got an image that they're particularly that's particularly interesting um if you're doing it purely in english i wouldn't i wouldn't even look at doing it in english um english is fairly well i mean it's 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 actually far more common in japan and sorry in china than we than we realize but um simply because english is is taught quite widely but it's it's not something that most Chinese are very comfortable with um, writing and speaking it. Um, if you're not going to get the sort of English speaking 
subsection, except perhaps in Hong Kong and maybe Taiwan. You're not going to get that um, English-speaking subsection that you get in, say, Germany or France or Italy, where you do have people who are using the internet who tend to be tend to have a reasonable grasp of English and will buy off English sites. You you don't have that in in China, or I mean, if you do have that, it's it, it's a very small a very small niche. Uh, well, which makes perfect sense when I'm looking for something, even if I spoke three languages. If I'm looking for something, I'm, I'm going to look in my It would have to be language. a really good bargain if you were going to actually go into yes. another language, even if you were really confident in it. Um, there is, there, I mean, you do have... I mean, a Swedish person or a French person will often buy off an English site, and so it gives us a full sense of confidence that, that Chinese people will do that. But um, as with... Um, it's the same... We find the same with the Japanese as well. They do not buy off English sites. No. Um, oh, Dave, go for it, Dave. Okay, what would you say as far as industries, like as, as people are, are expanding over, where would we be wasting our time um, in trying to market to, uh, into China versus um, what industries look to be, um, you know, sort of filling niches or filling holes uh, to the Chinese market? I mean, very wasting your time. I think any... Any industrial, any, any large good, um, for example, cars, um, it's probably not a good idea, unless it's really high-end luxury cars, probably not a very good idea to go into China. Um, films and um, music, because um, piracy is still a problem over there. Um, one, so I'm, one, uh, consumer electronics, I'm, I'm a bit hesitant about saying consumer electronics, because... There are, pro there are quite a few niche areas where, um, especially on the high-end area, high-end of, um, of consumer electronics, where you can probably make a lot of money, but mid-to-cheap-end consumer electronics, I wouldn't really try in China. Um, you're, prob you're probably basically selling back what <laughs> what's been made <laughs> over there anyway. So, um, but... Um, but with all, all, I mean, as you can see with the hesitation on, on for example, consumer electronics and cars, I, I do make the exception about luxury end goods. They do sell in China. Um, of them, um, there, is, there is a demand for perceived quality. Um, that, that's, so I wouldn't, so... Um, those, those are the sort of areas I, I, would, I would avoid. Music, um, so, so, selling music, so basically an Amazon reseller is probably not going to do very well in China, even if they get the site up in Chinese. Um, you're not going to do very well selling anything bulky um, like cars or motorbikes or anything like that. Um, and you're not going to do very well selling consumer electronics except at the very high end. And even high, and many of the high end things um, I think I think you can, you can make money, but um, but you I mean I think you should be a bit careful. Um, for example, some of the high end areas will have people selling within China, which may be an opportunity because they may be they may be selling at three or four times the price that you can sell at. But um, you, but they they may not. They may be selling at all roughly um, equivalent prices. But I. I mean, with, with online marketing, you can take the chance on that. Um, 
but um, so so that so that, that that's what I wouldn't try and sell. If I was, um, there are there are plenty of things to sell if you're trying to sell and investments, financial services. Travel is another area. Travel is is an area we probably overlook a lot when we're talking about about um, China, um, but. There's an awful lot of um, the Chinese tourist trade has grown from I think in the 1980s, late 1980s, it's about three million tourists a year, and um, in the last couple of years it's been 12 million tourists a year. So it's grown by four times, and with growing economic affluence, that's going to grow a lot further. So there is there is a lot of things to to sell to to Chinese. The Chinese. Well, as as you said, there's still lots of time to get into the market. There's no uh, there's no great rush. No one's going to be um, losing huge opportunity if they if they plan it and take it slowly. But um, yeah. James, I unfortunately, mean, we've run out of time. James, thank you so much for being on the alternative. Thank you very much. On behalf of Dave Davies at Beanstalk-Inc.com, um, I'm Jim Hedger from Site Pro News. This is The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm.